0: Welcome to revenue champions i'm alice
1: and i'm john we interview leaders experts and entrepreneurs in the b2b space
0: giving you the inside tips tricks and hacks for you to grow and scale your b2b business today hi there and welcome to another episode of revenue champions i'm really excited about today's essay because it's the first one of these that we're doing today i'm speaking to francesca francesca works at Clean.ai, I'll let her introduce further the company and organization, kind of their stage of growth and the marketing team, etc. But yeah, I put out a call um, a little while ago for um, fellow marketers to come on this podcast and um, ask questions um, So marketers who are probably um, sort of starting out the scaling process at their organization, much like I was when I was at Juro and at Cognizant, kind of two years ago. Idea being, hopefully I can give some guidance on things that I went through at Congress and Juro, and yeah we can go through like questions in real time and kind of workshop it together. So yeah really excited to have Francesca as our first guest for this and it would be great if you could kick us off by introducing us and giving some context as to what stage you know your company's growth is at currently, marketing team size and um, yeah kind of um, where you are right now.
1: Great. Thank you for that, Alice. Um, so I'm Francesca. I work at Clean.ai. I joined the team um, in mid-April this year, so just over two month, two months ago, two and a half months ago. The business has been running commercially since April last year, and we closed our seed funding at the start of April, and we're we'll next to be looking to raise our Series A. Um, and I came in as the first marketing hire as content marketing manager, but... a bit of a jack-of-all-trades and doing all marketing for the moment, um, as we are currently a one-man band. Um, And Clean.ai, as a company, we are an automated ELT tool. Uh, So what that means is that we are used as part of a modern data stack for analytics, so producing data for reporting and BI, particularly working with scaling businesses. And building their single source of the truth. We are the we are an automated ELT tool to be used as part of a modern data analytics infrastructure. And what that means is that we work um, to pull all of the data into a warehouse um, to extract, load, and transform the data into the warehouse, and then that gets transformed in the warehouse and put out into your BI tool. At the moment, we are very much in our a growth phase. As I say, we're looking to uh, raise our series A. Um, and the majority of our clients and prospects are um, are also scaling businesses between seed and, and Series B in terms of their funding stage.
0: Amazing! And this is your first like sole marketing role, like going into scale up an organisation, or is it kind of something you've done before? So
1: this is my first time working in a scale up and scaling the marketing function. So if personally, I have started out working in social media marketing for a b2c consumer brand i then moved into um, another consumer brand in hospitality so i started off in e-commerce then into hospitality and my most recent job before here was for a global association so that was very much focused on b2b but was very well established and very different very different journey very different product that we were selling Uh, so this is the first time being somewhere where we're actually looking to
0: scale and the
1: first time going in somewhere as um the sole marketeer
0: cool exciting well i think best to just like jump into your questions then Um, do my best to answer them and we can go off piece and like expand if needed so the first question that you had was all around partner marketing I guess my kind of view on partner marketing it depends what you mean by partner marketing I think if you mean it in its very real sense of the term then it's not something I would invest any time concerns or energy in right now at your current stage of growth but something that I would say like that is worth putting some time into especially at your current stage is where you kind of need to access a wider audience is it is worth identifying those companies who have got the similar ICP as you, but are not like a direct competitor. And at a similar stage as well, because then they're more likely to be reciprocal on the help front. And that always has helped me in my companies by doing making those connections. And then you become like pretty good friends as well. And with yes. that marketer, exactly. You build that relationship and then you
1: kind of can support each other when you are trying to do exactly. like webinars and things. you can Yeah. Of-
0: and that's worth, that is definitely areas. worth putting some time into. But Mark, part of marketing in its truest form, I'd say no, park it for now. Don't get distracted on it. That would just be like, yeah, my take and kind of how I've always looked at it. And then, like, moving on to your next question, which was about like priority channels when scaling b2b SaaS, where to put like time effort and budget when resources are limited so i know you were saying right now there's no paid that's active at the moment is that correct yeah that is that is correct that will soon change
1: um that will change in the next week or two um which is exciting yeah um but yes thus far the it's been very much all on organic content very much driven around writing blog articles developing case studies starting to build out our social and email. Um, communications, but fully aware that again from previous experience, I've done some pa- some page campaigns that we do need to be doing that. But it's also a concern of not spending a lot of money and not seeing the results.
0: Yeah. So, where, what are you, when you say it's going to change in a couple of weeks, what are you going with first? What's your first? Um, so, oh, we're going
1: to be using utilizing something called ScoreApp um, for lead generation, and you're doing some targeted ads through LinkedIn. So, LinkedIn will be will be social media paid, paid mm-hmm. social media campaigns um, to begin with um, just because we've got a few sources that we're using. We, we know that we can actually reach quite a targeted audience there and we know we can really get to our ICP on that platform. So that's where we're going to start um, in the next couple of weeks.
0: Okay, cool. I mean, my thing, one thing I was thinking about was, um, so you don't have any Google ads running currently, is that no. something that's like in plan? Because I would say great to get like, Always my first port of call, cool, it's such an easy win, is do your keyword research, find those high intent keywords, like only focus on those, build out the campaigns and our groups around them and just get them live. And even if it's just the competitors and they like very, as your first thing that you do, like that's just a great starting point for bringing in some intent traffic i agree
1: and that's definitely something that we want to do the only thing that's put me off for that for the moment is just that we're currently having our website redeveloped which will be live at the end of this month so i want to start doing sending that traffic when we know that the website's in a place where we can actually convert people as well because at the moment we just don't have the right landing pages do you think that that's still something to start
0: testing now and then Look at it. what's your cms hosted on uh wordpress wordpress okay so and the new website that's still staying on WordPress. yes i mean you could really just like get an upwork person to build you spin off like a template a tem- landing page template for google ads and just like not very long at all probably they could like a day's work not very cost not very expensive oh, then true. you could get get that live and just start like, testing a few yeah days. i because you what you i mean I tend to do like $200 a day on a campaign, run it for two weeks, and you'll get some really good insights from that. But I, yeah, just get like, shove it on Upwork, someone will be able to help you build a landing page template, find one that you really like. And um, yeah, just go from there rather than delay it for big bang of the website. that would be wonderful, wonderful, I'd suggest. Um, And the other thing that you can do, I don't know if you've got this in plan, but one thing that's worked really well for us is building out SEO, pages for our competitors so as well as running the paid against it building out your SEO pages for them as well and again similarly if you need a template for that probably just like upwork it for now or something similar and then just get them built and live as quickly as possible with good calls to actions within I think that is just like a again another quick win if people are looking for your competitors you want to be there both organically and paid
1: yeah absolutely do you find that when you I mean, we all get, we all see them when we all search, do our own searching and our partners come up and um, competitors come up. I'd imagine the click through is quite high on there, but in terms of conversion, quite quick to see, or is it more of a, you start to see them coming back and being a revisit before they'll convert?
0: Um, Conversions can be quick if they're in market and actively looking. So that's why it's like a quick win. And I mean, it does depend, I didn't, you know, how often people like are searching for those terms, like how, like how, how much in of your competitors i'd not you know good and yeah. check that out on it Shrefs and things but we've got some big players in our game so we know we get a lot of volume there and so it's definitely worthwhile on that and again you should prioritize but by, by volume um, as well Like your biggest competitors yeah. you can't get them all done at once that's like a good way of thinking about it um and also it depends on the quality of the page like we keep ours very fact driven so like tables like clear layout in terms of what you have versus the competitor. No, no, sort of, no sort of slagging match, nothing like that. GT reviews so uh, like third party, to exactly build yeah, a trust to build and a show, trust and exactly show that. social so, Um And then like clear CTA. That, and that seems to be like a good recipe for us on it. And definitely worth, I'd say, putting as a priority because it doesn't cost anything apart from building a template for the page and can be done quite quickly. No. T- talking about um, content, obviously it's like some kind of the focus of your job as well, as well as everything else. I feel like, you know, when we, you were saying about how social proof, you guys are really early stage, so that's quite hard to come by and like case studies and things, people are too early on with the product. I would just like kind of not worry about it for now because you can't change that's not in your control to change. But the thing that you can do is make, when you think about what can be your competitor advantage, you can't be first market mover, like your competitors are already there. They already got a smarter website. Probably they've already been. They've already got however many more like customers than you, etc. Like that's not what you can be. But what you can be is the best content provider for their needs in the market. And that's like the thing that you can do that's better. And it's not a cost thing. It's just purely a time and a good strategy, and that's kind of what's needed.
1: Absolutely, that's something that we're really trying to focus on at the moment because we know that particularly with our ICP. This could be their biggest biggest tech spend thus far in their journey. And so we really want to make sure that we're providing content which educates and informs and we can kind of take them on that journey from when they're first in the research phase all the way up to actually reviewing competitors as well as ours and kind of showcasing why us, but then also why do this in the first place and kind of being thought leaders within the space that we're working in. So that is why the focus at the moment is very much on kind of content through the blogs and updating the website and doing monthly webinars and just trying to do as much content that we can as possible to put us in that position where we're able to to provide that information to prospects.
0: So I guess like on that point, like things that would be amazing and also will help from just a search and SEO perspective are free templates. Imagine, especially in the BI world, that must be like something that, I mean, people would use all the time if there were I don't know spreadsheets or whatever format. Like again, can be cheap, can be cheerful, but just having it there and having a structure that people can use would be super helpful and having that library. Do you
1: find that you get a lot of uptake on those, like on gating content and people downloading that? I know I've watched a few of the um different podcasts and webinars that you've done around like Demand Gen versus lead gen and kind of gating content or actually providing as much content mm-hmm. openly do you think that that is like with all those kind of free templates just provide that straight up is the best?
0: Yeah so I think it's, it's the way we're thinking about it at the moment like there's so much debate about this and we're still I'll be honest we're still like trialing it all we were 100% gated we're now like 60-40% with that we what we have been doing is mapping out the different where we feel like we're providing enough value that a gate is worthwhile and also the kind of stage they would be at where that's not the first piece of content they're consuming for us so that we've added like a good amount of value beforehand those are the ways that we're thinking about it at the moment and we haven't got rid of like all gated content completely at all like we just that's not going to be possible for us in our business model right now but we, we yeah we are 60 40 and we are seeing since we've ungated a lot of I guess I'd say like more of the thought leadership, like real awareness content. We've seen a uh, correlation uptake at in direct inbounds like by 40%. So it's really That's been amazing. paying off for us to do that. But we do still then focus on building out quality, like really high quality content that we would put behind a gate. And I think like things like it depends if it's a template you can find elsewhere then maybe that's not the thing that you need to be gating. If it's something that, you know, really cannot be found and it is unique and it's quality, and that's kind of why I've come back to this competitive advantage piece, then, you know, that is worth putting that, you know, in front of the gate. But I would just say, yeah, in terms of like template library, I mean, templates are our most successful thing for sure in terms of what we do. And then the other thing is a free tool. So we did a lot of experimentation around how can we, remove some of the friction on CTA and like provide some value before we ask for something which is like booking a demo yeah you know quite hard to get people to take that step when you haven't actually been able to show anything like what that your product does it's kind of getting that in between stage because they don't they don't want to necessarily commit to that
1: especially I mean our demos are an hour long um, and so you don't you and we don't we almost don't want to take someone's time for that if they're actually not Interesting enough, or they're not in the stage where it's going to go towards becoming sales exception lead, and then actually come to fruition. And so yeah, I think finding that content in between is going to be quite important for us.
0: Yeah, and like on that building a tool, so we basically built this time calculator, so people can actually use our solution to replicate what their, the size of their ideal customer profile would look like and the total addressable market, and then we give them a sample of those like that contact data said, thank you for using it so far, and that has been like massive for us. It it wasn't a huge lift on the dev side; it just needed buy-in. So, you know, really for them, it was just kind of recreating part of the product um, and repackaging it in a different way and having some like different thresholds to it, etc. So it couldn't be, yeah, manipulated. But that has been a great thing for us, and it's given us like a different CTA that we can use. It's not just demo and the quality of the leads then coming through have been much better. So I guess again on like the BI tool side I'm sure there's a something that's replicable that you guys could look to do and build out and it doesn't have to be you know super fancy or fluffy call it v you know v1 and then build on it that's what we've been doing.
1: Yeah, I think there's definitely some things we can do in terms of showcasing why kind of getting your data in order and in a warehouse and the how those analytics can then help the businesses grow themselves and seeing all the bi from that even just from some of the some of the basic the sim, but really taking it back to the simple structure and how we build that and why and what that then enables you to do probably create something that could be quite useful from that
0: so something else to look at <laughs> and then i think we covered like the setting your budget when testing so i think just go for like um a dollar amount a day go for the same time period and then after that time period up, look at it and compare and then make decisions on pause, continue, end basically. Yeah. Um,
1: in terms of that, like I've done in the past, I mean, it's not been similar product at all, but we have more, more often than not always seen one far um, outperform the other. And in some places have therefore kind of just said, let's cancel the other one or pause that one. And we'll just put all the budget into this one because we can see that it's performing well do you find that in terms of actually really getting the best learnings just keeping everything the same for the period the set period that you said so if you're doing a two Mm week you just do it and then analyze it all because otherwise
0: yes for sure definitely that but also you've got to I think important to think outside of just the uh, paid ad platform metrics so one thing we found which was quite interesting was when we did analysis we had campaigns which were great on providing ourselves qualified opportunities but then like a serious correlation on revenue against on certain campaigns as well, and like for others, and at the end of the day, revenue is what we care about, so we would awesome. alter the spend um, accordingly to that. So it's also looking at the funnel further outside of just the paid channel metrics. So too, then um, to retargeting. So um, in terms of what we do at Cognizant and where our, our our ICPR is like LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube. Those are the channels that work really well for us, but I think the biggest thing I would say on all of this is not to just have like one all encompassing um, retargeting campaign and actually break it down. So we have retargeting campaigns that focus on people who have downloaded content assets for us and they get treated differently to the people who have been engaging with our, what we call awareness phase one content, which is very much like video content and like giving tons of value and they get push through a different funnel than those who have, like, downloaded one of these content assets I'm talking yep, about. because they're clearly at
1: different stages in their journey.
0: Yeah, exactly. And um, again, we, we, we try to, like, the idea being we've used all three channels because we want to, people, not everyone is on one channel, and we want to make sure that we're targeting as many people as possible, and they get to see us as many times as possible. We also change up the content within those, like, regularly. So we try to keep that quite fresh and up-to-date which I think is important.
1: Have you, how have you found or have you tried like retargeting people when they've fallen out of the funnel from quite, I mean, we have, I mean, our, our, our buyers are C-suite. So, and it's, so, and it's a very specific type of user for something that I want to look to at the moment is kind of looking back at the closed lost opportunities and looking at how we retarget them and, in what in what way because obviously they've already gone so far and if they've already had a discovery call and they've had a demo kind of going back to them with something that's fresh still and that they're still interested in and obviously with any speech of analysis first as to why it was <laughs> um because if it if it's something that we can't actually change then they're, they're, they're definitely not worth um recontacting but we have had some others in the past where we've gone back to them uh through through sales um and they have then ended up converting. So I feel like that is an opportunity for marketing. Definitely. I just wondered if you had any experience in that or any suggestions. Yeah.
0: And again, I would say like go content first because actually like, you know, regardless of why they didn't close when with you, you can still, you could be delivering them content of value, which is going to help them in their jobs to do better. And then the things on the product will change gradually like over time. But the great thing is you're then always top of mind. Like you are the brand, the company delivering that. Consistently, and that I would say is like a something like the first and foremost kind of thing to build out, rather than trying to overcomplicate and be like, okay, we've got these close loss reasons, but it's actually only like five people in this campaign, and we're going to send them this exact LinkedIn ad, and we're going to do this exact email chain, and then like map that out, and it could just get super complex. Like if you can bucket and, them, in... and not worth
1: it for that. Exactly,
0: and if you can bucket them into like broad categories, great. But again, like. That can be that can take a lot of time, be pretty complex and complicated, and for the end result, maybe not always worth it. Like, I think SDR outbounding to and having like alerts set up on closed lost ops is great. Like, that's a great use case for it. Um that one to one, they can kind of look in Salesforce, understand the notes, read, call up, find, push the relevant message, and like marketing can enable that. And then on the like, but on the marketing, more on a like I guess broad strokes piece, it's that content first. I would say always. With um, how we look
1: at it, and like you so say, just to just to continue the education, even if they do go with a competitor, you're still showcasing that you are there, and especially with the kind of product that we are, like most people are only going to sign with a business for 12 months. So that's not to say that they won't, exactly, even if they do go to a competitor, yeah. they can still come back, exactly.
0: And you don't know at what point in that cycle you know they're going to start thinking about that and becoming potentially unhappy, and yeah that's when you guys can you want to be yeah, front, front of mind exactly so whatever you can do to ensure that that's happening consistently if and if that does mean like pairing it back a bit because you've also got to remember like say you did that super targeted campaign the likelihood of them actually even seeing that ad or reading that email is also like even by the best statistics it's quite small so yeah, yeah. put
1: the assets where they're actually going to be or yeah yeah so that was kind of definitely where we are. <laughs> <laughs> we know there's when there's anyone you really need to put in the efforts where it's going to be rewarded.
0: <laughs> I think that's yeah, so that's kind of my take um on it. And then in terms of tech stack, that was your next question. So yes. um prioritize systems to use, marketing stack for driving value and efficiencies. So I guess I'll just like talk you through what are like if I have exactly the stack, actually, I came to Cognizam and said, like, I need this. This is like my must have is this is how I had it set up would be. Well, in my world, I would have ideal world. I would have just used HubSpot for both marketing automation and CMS. However, we were so we were just too far down the path with Pardot. So we have Salesforce as CRM and Pardot as our automation. But then we have got HubSpot for CMS. They were on Squarespace, which was hideous. So got that off that very quickly. And I love HubSpot CMS because it's like just so scalable and we use HubSnacks, which is this amazing resource. And it's basically on-demand dev. So like anything we need from a template creation perspective for like very cost efficient, I think it's like we pay $900 a month and we can get like as much done as possible. And it also would do automation tasks for you too, but we don't use the automation side of it. So that's a really cost-effective, scalable solution that I've found works well in the early days. And actually also at scale if you need a resource for creating good looking email templates be free is something we use again super cheap and easy you just can copy the html into your whatever email system we're using and you get some nice email templates without having to go down a coding and dev route yes
1: that's definitely some i mean we need to update ours um and that's something that i've done in the past having a designer that actually has coded them um but that's going to be too time-consuming and costly right yeah so just look
0: at b3 honestly it works and it's scalable and we think it's great um it's not expensive either and then something that we i would say this being a data provider but i also think it's vital a data source for contact data so especially if we're going down this demand generation route versus lead gen and moving away from contact acquisition through lots of data contact con- content then you do need to still have a way in which you can build your audiences and then push those audiences across whether it be like facebook linkedin whatever else so a source for that whether it be cognizant or something else and we do actually use cognizant oh well there we go so great (laughs) so you are
1: already one of our providers
0: (laughs) and then on that note if you are going to run some like outbound marketing email which we do um with that data then we send grid for that because it's great for um protecting the IP and ensuring you get good deliverability, et cetera. So NGrid is really good. And then Ahrefs is a to must-have tool for all your keyword tracking, building a content plan, tracking that, et cetera. And then obviously, like, Google Analytics and your ad platforms, which, yeah, you just must have. And that's, that's kind of it, from things I wouldn't live without. Yeah, I mean, it's, we have
1: we have the majority of those. Um, we don't yet have Ahrefs, but that is on my is on my list as well. <laughs> um, and yeah, obviously we're using GA, we use Coldmism, we have HubSpot as well. That is kind of it drips and drabs, been building, and very much at the moment kind of wanting to review and make sure that we're getting the best
0: out of everything,
1: and that everything is also working hand in hand together to, to really optimize for those efficiencies at the moment.
0: Yeah. And I think like just on it, like the main thing to be thinking about, again, and going back to like the basics of what should be the focus is building that amazing content plan strategy, which is needs to be underpinned by expertise. So whether you are like hiring writers who have been ex-CFOs or like whatever it may be in order to ensure that you guys are getting quality like, content. the competitive yeah. head start in that, then that's like honestly more important than I think any one piece of tech probably will be. And then you're able to get that out to your audience through using your ad platforms and like paying to get that in front of them. I think a really nice way of putting it is like, how valuable is it for your your decision maker at a target account to read that piece of content that you have spent so long creating? And like the answer is probably like more valuable probably than like, Download of an ebook, which they may just sit in their inbox. The That's something that I'm around. actually
1: speaking a lot um to with our sales team at the moment about in terms of when they are sending out pieces of content, the anecdotal responses that they're getting back to it in terms of what is actually helping educate them, what is helping change and make decisions. We actually had a great piece of feedback from a prospect following them, seeing one of our webinars, and it really gave them a lot of trust and they felt like they'd learned a lot during it, which is great to see. But it's also something that going forward I want to be able to measure in terms of how I think it goes on to my next question, in fact, tracking that engagement and seeing how long people are spending reading it, which obviously we can see through HubSpot, but also kind of seeing the intent that they have with it and whether whether the, the intent that we are planning for it matches theirs and then actually continues them on that process so that all the content that we're producing, we're always reviewing it and making sure that it is hitting the mark and generating something.
0: I guess a question on that is what did you do after you did the webinar like what else have you done with that Uh, webinar so the webinar has been shared on our linkedin and our youtube channels
1: it's also gone um we send it out to those that signed up and also um those that signed up but didn't attend and now what i'm doing is getting someone on upwork to pull out snippets of it so that we've got rather than just having an hour long, because obviously not everyone's going to sit there and watch it for an hour, pulling out those sort of three minutes or five minute videos that we can then utilize those for marketing, on, um, having them on the website, putting them out on channels, potentially using some for paid as well, um, and also to be able to go into SDR cadences so that they can showcase, especially the webinars that are with um, our clients, is great as testimonial content too.
0: Yeah, and I would definitely say, like, priority on that number one would be, especially as you guys are in awareness phase, would get it out on page. Like, again, goes back to that message of, like, what were you willing to pay to get that seen, especially if you got that feedback from people who did attend. Like, that's obviously great content. So, yeah, don't be afraid to spend some money to put it out there. And Facebook, it depends where they live, like your audience are, but they are people, even if they are C-suite, they're still people who so might have, well have Facebook accounts and to you know, go to Facebook, but potentially not Instagram. But again, to test it, like you, Facebook's so cheap for video views and we've found a lot of success there and then also on LinkedIn and in terms of them measuring how, what intent you're able to get from it, we've built funnels. So we kind of score the content and call it like phase one, two or three. And then we see how that, how engaging that is by seeing how many people were able to push to the next phase from that content. So we're not only looking at like in platform engagement as like the first order metric of do we switch that particular ad for that particular snippet off or keep it running, but we're actually seeing like what happens next and how many people we can push through to the each phase. And that for us gives us a good measure on like, yes, our content is hitting the mark in terms of where we've like put it in terms of like, the funnel so to speak um if
1: and if they don't move down do you kind of what do you then do within that process so you've got someone you've got the different phases that you want them and obviously you want them to move along and if they're kind of staying there do you do a review on the content itself and changing it, or kind of looking at the audience that okay who it is that's staying there and why it is if it, perhaps it's actually a almost trying to decide if it's an us thing or a them thing yeah
0: <laughs> so, well I uh, think it's it's probably because the thing is when you're doing this you're not it's on an individual basis that's the no, piece that's going to be missing from this and we can go into later when you come to tracking is like it's got to be correlation tracking not actual individual tracking but you can make a decision of like okay well I'm willing the fact that of my total audience size I'm, I'm actually being able to impact in this very moment that portion of it with this content and push them forward like that's a benchmark and i'm happy with it and i want to improve on it and then that's about improving the content can refine your audience size for sure but it's mainly i think down to the content and looking at that and and then also because we can't help what phase they're in like we can't change that for them so you know that's kind of we're just going to live with the fact that people will come in and out of that phase but what we want to be ensuring is what we can change and we can control is that we're delivering consistent valuable content that we feel fits that that part of the process yeah and um, will
1: aid the pulling prope- exactly. forward So yeah. like, it might be that they stay there for longer than you would like but you that is where you want them to that is going in the right direction still
0: yeah exactly and, and you know again like completely transparently this is we are all um experimenting on this new kind of method we were very much like a hundred percent as i was saying for like gated content over any of this from what we've seen in the last three months the way to do it for sure and it's working and we're going to continue to keep testing it and building it out and scaling it basically yeah I feel like there's lots that we can learn from that and apply here so
1: thank you very much
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> question number six was generating an immense strategy of limited resource and budget so again, like, I, I think it all starts with content. Like I just think that's where you want to be focused. You need, That's where you can create your unfair advantage and you don't need budget, huge budget for that at all. It's just about being creative and spending the time to understand your ICP and your customers better than like a big, large organization can. That's actually almost it is to your advantage. You can move faster and you can get more detailed. Yeah, I think
1: that's that's the thing at the minute we are... We're very much in a phase of we can just test and learn and if it fails it fails but let's say it learns from it, yeah we'll, move great. On and we'll, just well I think that's a great mentality to have,
0: and sure and then you were asking around like thoughts on leveraging employee advocacy so for me my thoughts on this for you guys and like where your target market is that it probably doesn't make massive sense to focus a lot of time on it better to feel to spend time on building a community based on that content usp um, and focus on that versus focusing on leveraging your employees who let's be honest a cfo is not going to trust a salesperson like it's fine at communism it works for us really really well because we are selling sales marketers and we are sales marketing like the majority of the organization so it makes a lot of sense but i think it's probably not some exact it's probably not something that there's the identification um, that you, you need to and, and sh- probably should like should spend lots of time on. i wouldn't have said
1: no, I think what we are kind of focusing on more because I was kind of going down the similar route is actually utilising our two co-founders because they have come from chief data positions in big companies and they've grown with them and seen them scale. And that's kind of how the how clean was birthed in the first place. Um so utilizing their presence, their authority that they have from their own backgrounds and then also kind of utilize yeah utilizing their profiles more so than um than our employees as a whole because like you say there's just not that identification from our icp to yeah to our employees and you,
0: and i just think yeah you can spend you've got to be picked you've got to pick your your north stars here but if you again back to the content if you're building that content you're going to build a community around it and then like much better to do that than yeah have like sales people talking about um, things they really won't be able to kind of touch the bottom of the surface on. That definitely makes sense. <laughs> and then I would say the final question, so lead scoring for demand, gen. so honestly, I've, I've looked at your doc. I wouldn't say that you've got a problem of too many leads right now. So absolutely not. <laughs> then, So I, what I would actually be thinking could be opposite is like we want more conversations. So de- you're going to need to learn from conversations. So lead scoring, fat burner don't even give it like the time of day. And then when you do get to a point of scale where you like your sales team are like, oh, we've got got so many leads and like some are great, some aren't so good, but like it'd be good if we could just like focus on the great ones, then you can look at it. But again, don't overcomplicate it. It's literally just ICP fit plus intense, like that is it in its simplest, like truest form. But I would say really not something to focus any time or energy on at the moment.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think especially for us at the moment, like, well, for me in particular, just focusing on those inbounds and getting that like, good quality is obviously the most the most important for us because we already have a great outbound function and obviously as marketing coming in, that's what now I want to be able to produce coming inbound and just kind of from re- looking at reading up a lot around demand generation, it's something that come off a bit. I was kind of thinking is that something to
0: input now, so then when it scales, or
1: just kind of ignore it for now. And reach that when you
0: come to it definitely ignore it for now and maybe even ignore it in the future like (laughs) to be honest I wouldn't I I wouldn't really be doing it now at Cognizant if I wasn't getting lots of sales requests on it and it's a great point to be at because you realize you've got to that scale but I think it's just a tick box that a lot of people coming from larger organizations think you need to have and actually maybe a sign that you need to alter some of the marketing funnels that you've got running to filter out but not honest probably not worth all the time that it can take and yeah that would be my two cents on it um but I think that is all the questions that we had I was just I had a few other thoughts I was just gonna check that I've covered them all I was wondering as well like I know you said you have two personas so you've got the technical and the non-technical what about like m- marketers do they come in fall into that like non-technical is marketing like a use case of the tool no so marketing marketers actually don't qualify for us
1: because they are just not our champions or key influencers for buying they actually get ruled out uh, it won't sell if it's um, if it's a marketeer. so it's very much a cfo ceo cto and we have our technical non technical audience and i'm actually currently building out for user perso- um buyer and user personas because well there's been the groundwork has been laid but we don't i don't have the kind of full documentation there that then we can utilize that to make sure that every piece of content that we're developing marries up to to those user and buyer personas and that can then be used by marketing and sales yeah they are the three key roles for us the ceo cfo and cto
0: okay cool that sounds good and are you planning to run like a podcast or anything that's more like i guess like a consistent content stream that you could leverage for them Yes, so the idea for that is that
1: so podcast is something that we've been starting to work on, but it will be very much that we need to get to kind of having at least eight to ten ready to go before we can then start to um, share those out. But yeah, inviting other great brands, kind of like you were saying, like we said at the beginning, in terms of partnering people who are kind of in the space but not competitors, mm-hmm. um, to kind of really build on that thought leadership and kind of getting to... RICP where they are so listening to us like doing their research and finding us through podcasts um or through the webinars so that's something that we're looking to but it's just I don't want to launch that and actually run it without us having a good chunk of content ready to go so that we can be consistent in sending out one a week
0: yeah or even just having the time slot agreed that you're going to run it for so I wonder if like you're similar to what we're doing here but your um, co-founders could give up an hour a week that they're going to 100% do and it's like a podcast between them where they will have guests on but then maybe sometimes like maybe sometimes it's like a working workshop with other CEOs at like what CEOs from scale ups where they're providing like insights into for like companies that are going through the similar phase of growth and etc um so it's
1: it's more about kind of the community and that scale up growth as opposed to
0: the specific, specific i would imagine yeah. is going to be more interesting um to like a wider audience that you can utilize them more.
1: and also it makes it more engaging for, for the for the other party that joins like it's a benefit for both of us and and then both parties can share the content and it's relevant in, yeah equally
0: For sure. And I think that was kind of everything I had. I don't know if you have any other questions. I mean, it's brilliant. I've made lots of notes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you. Um
1: no, I think I mean we covered off all of the questions that I had there. So thank you.
0: No worries. Well that is everything.